0: So far this season, Vladimir Tarasenko hasn't been relied upon to score goals for the St. Louis Blues, and that's noteworthy because he's now out of the lineup on a long-term basis. Should we be concerned about his future health? Who needs to step up on the St. Louis Blues until he gets back? And is the Central Division wide open? All that and much more in episode 191 of the Lace Them Up podcast, and the fun starts right now and now it's time to lace them up here's brett and steve and welcome to the show ladies and gentlemen i'm steve ellsworth
1: i'm brett Dubuff.
0: And uh, we're going to focus our attention towards the St. Louis Blues and Vladimir Teresenko because he is out for a very long time. Uh, Brett, uh, what's the damage on uh, the Russian superstar?
1: Yeah, so he has shoulder surgery, or he underwent shoulder surgery, um, I think it was on, was it on Monday? It might have been on Monday. Um, well, it
0: was it was announced on Monday that it was happening
1: yes. okay so okay uh but he the consensus is that he could be back five months from now at the earliest five months from now is of course March or end of March so that's basically yeah,
0: yeah. The, the protocol what I got is he'd be reevaluated in five months so they're they're gonna check up on him in five months and see how he's doing so so it could be a, a six to seventh month thing if he's if it's not
1: going well. Right. And longer. technically, I mean, not technically, it is true that like March is pretty much the end of the regular season. So he if the Blues don't make the playoffs, he could be yeah. out for the season. Um even even if he is ready to go um, at that point. Um and even if they make the playoffs, he might not be ready to go yeah. too, uh, cuz he still has to be reevaluated. Um so Apparently, this is uh, Tarasenko's uh, third injury in the last 18 months, um, and he's only 28 years old, um, and so it, it kind of gets you thinking, like, should this be concerning now? Um, as it's it's not like he's, he's that much, you know, he's getting younger or anything like that. He's just, um, like, should he... Like, should we be worried about him? Um, I I think like in the past he has been consistent. Um, you know, just looking at his stats, uh, thirty goal seasons of the last couple of years. Uh, usually thirty around thirty assists as well, so that's like good for sixty or seventy points. Um, but uh, you know, as what tends to happen as players get older and they get more injured and stuff like that. They can't play this, the same way that they used to play, um, and so they kind of have to, you know, change things up sometimes. So maybe he won't be as effective, but I still think he could be a, a legitimate player um, in this league. I just don't know if he's going to consistently be that 70-point guy. Um, the last couple of years, he hasn't even hit that 70-point um mark so maybe there is a downturn coming but um even still like uh before the surgery he played 10 games he had three goals and seven assists uh that that's obviously that's 10 points in 10 games so he's he was a 10 point he was a point per game player even still with this uh, shoulder surgery um underway so um yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, I think it, it is concerning, but I don't know if it's necessarily like his career is over. Steve?
0: Yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to really um, determine at this point uh, if his career if we should be concerned about his future because you know we were saying the same thing about Patrice Bergeron early right. in his career when he had you know that handful of concussions and look at Patrice Bergeron right now still killing it uh, in his 30s and you know there were studs that you know Crosby would, would be the same player after the concussions right. he suffered and um, he's doing okay for himself right now True. what concerns me about Vladimir Tarasenko this is the third time in 18 months this left shoulder has been injured it's the second time it's required surgery and multiple months of rehab and uh, ken campbell of the hockey news was talking about in the last hockey news podcast um about the way that these injuries have happened and the first time it happened uh it was um in a basically what happened to be a game 82 a play-in game uh, which the blues lost and their season ended in 2018 Uh, to the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, Tarasenko, early early in that game, just tries to make a check on Landeskog. He doesn't hit the boards or anything like that, he just like touches Landeskog, he goes in for the hit, he hurts his shoulder, nowhere to be seen again, and um, the shoulder needs to get operated on. And uh, game number two, I believe it was, of last year's Stanley Cup Finals. he dislocates that same left shoulder, gets it popped back into place, decides to rehab it instead of surgery, which leads us to this point where, and basically again, a nothing play, uh, he's battling for the puck with the uh, Kings forward Sean Walker, and it, it just happens. Um, uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, the Blues GM, uh, said on Monday, that Vladdy extended his arm, it looked like Walker's shoulder got right under his armpit and thrust it up and boom dislocated shoulder for Tarasenko, surgery is required. Like it was just a nothing play, it wasn't like a battle on the boards, like it was just like driving to the net and he's battling for the puck with Sean Walker, they just get tangled up and his shoulder dislocates. It's just super strange how it happens. What does get me concerned is when a professional doctor chimes in and says yeah i'd be concerned um fox two st louis uh interviewed i'm uh, just trying to get his name here here it is dr rick lehman he's an orthopedic surgeon he's a can't speak or he is an orthopedic surgeon at the u.s center for sports medicine also the team doctor for a trifecta of nhl teams including the blues in the 90s this guy has performed 1500 dislocated shoulder surgeries so he probably knows a thing or two about this by now and uh he goes on to say that it's a serious injury with a lot riding on it and the odds of dislocating your shoulder increase each time it happens like each time you suffer a concussion the odds of it happening again increases you know if you get another one so, the odds of redislocating your shoulder after the first surgery are around 8 to 10%. But then the odds of it redislocating after the second operation are between 20 to 30%. So, every time this happens, every time his left shoulder gets dislocated and they have to do surgery on it, the odds of this happening again and the odds of it being more prone to injury are pretty high and that is where it hurts Vladimir Tarasenko's future because that left shoulder he uses of course to um, hold the lower end of the stick like where the blade is closer to where the blade is he uses that left hand to grip the lower end of the stick so that could it that could affect his shooting range it could affect his shooting accuracy the strength of his shots all kinds of things and that is where the concern lies in his long-term future is he going to be the effective 30 goal scorer that we know today and that is the question the blues need to ask themselves and if they know the answer to that. They should really seriously consider, should we bring him back next year or this year? And I think the answer should be next year when you have the time to really work on the shoulder and make sure it's fully rehabbed and ready to go. Because if there's something flawed with the shoulder and you don't catch it in time, it could be too late for Tarasenko.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think they have to, the Blues have to be careful with, with how they handle his stuff, and it's like you know the Blues are in the fortunate situation where they're still a good team without him. Um, you know they still have guys like Ryan O'Reilly, Breeden Shen, um, and then you have like Jaden Schwartz. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on a couple of the other guys, but um, you know they 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 are fortunate that you know they won the Stanley Cup last year. Um. So so, I think that they'll be in good shape. Um. But at the same time, yeah, this definitely does hurt their their chances. And you know, I think the thing that you have to do is you have to start, um, you know, make sure that he's okay because you can't afford him. Afford to like if you don't have Tarasenko, um, for long term, then I think the the Blues are in trouble um in the long run um David Perron is another yeah, one Yeah and a,
0: another another way they're also in trouble is yeah. everyone knows that left shoulder is his Achilles heel True So naturally the opponents are just like okay we're hitting Tarschenko we know where to target him right Yeah So just the very thought of targeting his shoulder and just like being so physical on him you know he's he's just like oh crap you know like his shoulder has to be like bubble wrapped all the time and Right. like he's just it gets to the point where you don't want to be so nervous that you're getting it all the time worried about what happens to your shoulder and way from your focus to playing the game but the thing about the st louis blues even if Vladimir tarasenko's not being a 30 goal scorer this year just the fact that he's got such a deadly shot and he shoots the puck so often The fact that he's on the ice distracts you from all of the other talents that the St. Louis Blues have. I think that's part of the reason why a lot of the other St. Louis Blues have been having success is because everyone's like, okay, don't let Tarasenko shoot the puck. And when you got all your attention focused on Tarasenko, it opens the door for other guys. Like, you you look at uh, how many times Tarasenko shot the puck. um, Since 2014-15, from 2014 15 to last year, the only three skaters to have more combined shots than Vladimir Tarasenko are Alex Ovechkin, Brent Burns, and Tyler Sagan. All of them have at least 1500 shots, and yeah, the only two guys that have more goals than Tarasenko since 2014 15 are Alex Ovechkin and John Tavares. Wow, so just to put into perspective, how often Tarasenko shoots the puck, we're talking about a guy that will get at least 250, 260 shots a year, even surpass 300 one of those years. He's just been really consistent at shooting the puck and scoring goals. The fact that he's not on the ice, um, takes away a bit of an element to the blues offense because he's Vladimir Tarasenko and he's got this wicked shot.
1: Right? Yeah, that's a good point. And um you know i i think i mean the blues are first in the central at the moment um you know ryan o'reilly has a point per game david perron is a point per game player um Mm -hmm. Braden shen has gotten going he has 10 goals um so adrian schwartz is another one so like and not to mention alex petrangelo colton perico they're getting going justin Falk, vince dunn um, and then, of course, Jordan Bennington has... I mean, he's been, he hasn't been as good as he was last year, but he's still a serviceable goaltender. Um, so, like, yeah, I think the Blues are in good shape without Tarasenko, um, but obviously it's, it's a big loss for them. Um, and you mentioned Bergeron and Crosby before. Uh, there's a couple things that I do want to know on that, is that for okay. both Bergeron and Crosby... Those were both concussions, um, yep. uh, so that's a little bit different than a shoulder surgery. Um, yeah, and also I believe uh, Crosby and Berger like they both they both had those incidents like like third the third in the third season of their career. So um, so yes. whereas whereas Terasan this is his like I think it's his tenth season. Is that right? Um,
0: I don't think it's 10, but it's like seven or eight seasons okay. probably by
1: now. But yeah, he's been in the league for a while, seven years. Um, even still, like my point, point remains. Yeah, even still longer than Crosby
0: yeah. and, and Bergeron when they went through that a stretch of bad luck.
1: For sure. Injury. So I don't think so. It, it is a little okay. different uh, from those incidences from Crosby and Bergeron, but I do agree that I think it all, like, you know, the recovery is going to be important. You don't want to rush him in. Um, and, you know, and the Blues can't afford to to not let, let him take his time um, and let him go when he's ready. Um, yeah. So that brings into question. Um, so we talked about how big of a loss this is for the Blues as a whole. Do they look for outside help to fill the void? And should they? Um, I mean, there is... I know Tyler Toffoli um, was healthy scratched a couple of days ago. Um, he would be an interesting guy because he has a similar build in terms of, like, he shoots a lot. He's also a right winger. I think that's the most obvious guy to uh, to uh, potentially target. Um, however, I mean, at the same time, they have... They have a a lot of good forwards that can step up as well. Um, Barbashev is one of them. Uh, Sundquist, uh, Gunnarsson, um, even, like, they could go in the farm system and get, like, Jordan Cairo. Um, Robert Thomas is another one, Um, although I think he plays more center than anything. But, like, um, Robbie Fabry has played right wing as well. So they could just... Uh, fill this need um, in-house if they want. I mean, obviously, whoever's mm-hmm. going to fill the need won't replace Tarasenko completely, but um, I think they could if they don't want to give up as many prospects as they have, but um, I think Toffoli is the main trade target that I would think the Blues would have an eye on. Um, I'm sure there's other ones um, <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah, like uh, Jason Zucker in Minnesota. Zucker's
1: another one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of hesitant to look on the trade market. Um, I think uh, at first, as Doug Armstrong mentioned uh, in his press conference uh, last Monday, when we found all of this out, um, they're probably they're they don't need outside help right now. They're going to look from within to fix it, and if outside up is what they need down the road, then maybe they'll consider that. Um, Honestly, there are two players in particular that I think will determine whether or not uh, the Blues need to make any moves, and those two players are Ryan O'Reilly and David Braun, uh, who are both, I don't know if you know this, they're both top 20 scorers in the league right now. Um, both have six power play points uh, uh, at the moment. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, 18th in league scoring bronze, 19th right behind him. Uh, O'Reilly has four goals and 16 points in 15 games to his name, averaging over 20 uh, 20 minutes per game. Uh, taking the most faceoffs this year in the NHL to date, he's won 183 of them, not surprisingly, more than any other faceoff guy. And um, he's been a top three. Face-off taker uh, in each of the previous two seasons too so this guy knows a thing or two about taking draws um you you also look at um you also look at uh, his success in the defensive zone like he's dynamic in the defensive zone uh, as well um just taking a look at what he's done since uh, the entry to tarasenko he has three goals and eight points in five games um so that's fifth in nhl scoring and as well uh he's averaged a time on ice of 21.01 per game during that stretch he's won over 57 percent of his draws 19 for 27 in the defensive zone uh so in defensive zone draws he's 19 for 27 since the tarasenko injury so that's a very 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 good face-off percentage um and then you, then you look at david braun who since his first year with vegas has really come around and just really become this underrated maybe not even a point per game score but like averaging 0.7 to 0.8 points per game he's just been a really reliable secondary score for this blues team uh he has two goals and seven points over his last five games without Teresengo that includes four power play points and a pair of ot winners and um just taking a look at um what has made um, a guy like David Perron so successful, um, it's, it's his shot and a change to a stick. He, he, he explains that two or three years ago, he went to a softer stick, so you're able to load the stick even though you're closer to your feet. And he has that you see guys coming up the way they can shoot the puck and it opened his eyes and he could kind of learn off of them a little bit. And so that change to his stick, that change to the way he shoots the puck has kind of helped him for the better, and it's helped the Blues in a sense as well because now they get um, a secondary scoring from an outside source that um, up until his first year with Vegas, uh, you didn't really think of David Perron as a reliable secondary scorer. And uh, here he is, top 20 in league scoring, um, helping out the Blues kind of make up for the lost talent uh, that – they're they're obviously missing uh, with Tarasenko uh, at the moment, and it's just it's just honestly an organization by committee. Like even when you look at Tarasenko's numbers, the St. Louis Blues didn't ride or die with Vladimir Tarasenko last year. They're not riding or dying with Tarasenko this year. They're doing this as a team with Petrangelo, with O'Reilly, with Bennington. All of that success is through a team effort so it's it's not like the loss of Tarasenko yeah the Tarasenko for sure the Blues are a better team with Tarasenko on the ice but are they catastrophically worse with him off the ice not really because Shen O'Reilly and Perron are really kind of making up for the lost offense and Jordan Bennington is Jordan Bennington
1: right yeah I think they're they're not necessarily at a loss yet, but I could see it going downhill pretty soon if, if these players aren't picking it up soon. So I could Mm -hmm. see them maybe making a trade, uh, down the line. If it's not working, they could, you know, they could definitely slide down for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, um okay so we kind of already answered that but who are you looking to step up for the blues while Vladdy's out i think we answered that um and then lastly uh rantanen and Landeskog also were injured in the last two weeks um it's unclear how long i think Landeskog is is it's not as serious but he he's still like out like a week um and rantanen is out like uh another two weeks um But they're both, you know, the Avalanche and the Blues are both in the uh, Central Division. Um, So how does this, like, how do these three injuries affect the uh, Central Division as a whole? Um, And, you know, I think it's different for, like, for the Colorado Avalanche, you know, I, I would imagine Rantanen and Landeskog will be back pretty soon. So I don't think it'll have too much of an effect for the the Avalanche because you know momentarily they're you know I mean obviously they've lost four straight but they're still um, you know they they could get Rantanen and Landeskog back um, and you know a big part of their team is those two guys uh, plus McKinnon obviously but um, you know that so they those two guys in particular are very. Uh, are key for the Avalanche's success, but I imagine since it just depends on when those guys return and if they're they're healthy back then. So I don't think it will be too bad because they could become they could be coming back pretty soon. Um, as for the Blues, I think we talked about this is that they can manage without Tarasenko, um, out for the season basically. So um, I think they'll be okay, but. Um, You know, the Central Division is so tight now with the Predators, the Jets, the Stars, um, you know, uh, the Blackhawks and Wild are both struggling and probably will be for the rest of the season. But, um, you know, I I could see the Predators and the Jets making moves to uh, be like the one and two spot because of these uh, these uh, um, these two these key injuries to those two teams.
0: Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll add a, another question uh, later on because I know we're su- we're surprisingly um, got more time on our hands than we usually yeah. do, uh, but I'll, I'll answer this question first. Um, I guess the Central Division is kind of wide open, but not because Tarasenko is hurt. I mean, like you said, the Azure are dealing with injuries right now. Rantanen is out for multiple weeks. Uh, the thing with Landis is it's indefinite and longer term than Rantanen. So when I hear that, I'm thinking, are we talking a month, two months? Right, right. Um, the uncertainty with the Landis Cog injury kind of puts a little bit of a question mark on the Colorado Avalanche. And that's basically two-thirds of their top line on the shelf in the press box. And it's basically now the Nathan McKinnon show. and um you know the castaways that are playing on the top line until they actually get their real top line back on the ice um so if you look at the Az as a team just on the past four or five games alone uh this team has lost four of five since the ransom and entry. um they're on a four game slide right now being outscored 14 to six during that stretch they've only scored a single goal in their past two games so the depth may still be a strength for the avalanche down the road, but at the moment it's not looking too good for them as they try to adapt to all of that. Uh, Winnipeg, I don't know if you know, about Winnipeg, um, still struggling to play defense. Right. Uh, even if Bufflin does return, which as we found out, uh, might not be for four plus months cause he had surgery as well. Um, it's still going to be an adjustment period for winnipeg Uh, Vinny hanola has been sent down to the minors, so they don't have him either uh and uh, if you look at the chicago blackhawks like the jets they gave up 50 plus shots in the game this week um they have their own problems on defense and brent seabrook has been scratched multiple times this season already um so they they've they've got a lot of their own issues to deal with even with that top six they've got a lot of unanswered questions there um even though the minnesota wild have kind of shown a bit of life uh since their rough start to the season they're still not that great and uh a lot to be desired there i still don't think they have what it takes um even you look at nashville as good as they've been they've lost some very winnable games there was that game against calgary where it looked like they had a massive upper hand on the flames and then the third period they just collapsed against calgary and they ended up giving six goals in an overtime loss they lost to the rangers uh two to one on saturday uh and i think in pretty much every start it seems like every start that uh, UC see Saros uh, has gotten the call and goal they've lost. So the fact that uh, it seems that they win a lot of their games at Pecarina when Saros uh, could be their goalie of the future and preferably should be their goalie of the future. The fact that uh, things are off to a rocky start with him kind of puts a little doubt in the back of my mind, even with that Predators offense, even with that Predators defense. Um, Dallas uh, is starting to turn it around, but they had a rough start like Minnesota did. So it's definitely up for grabs. The Central Division is very winnable right now, and if, if the Blues keep playing like the way they've been playing, they might actually benefit the most from all of this.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Blues are um, are in good shape because there are definitely deficiencies in all these different teams but um i don't know i think i think you're right it does depend on how um, how soon Rantanen and Landeskog can return back uh, to what we we know them as um but yeah i feel like the central is more wide open um but you know maybe um yeah we'll see <laughs>
0: Um, there, There is a question I, I wanted to ask you in, in regards to the left wing slot without Tarasenko now. There are two interesting players um, that I came across while uh, looking through some stats here, and those two players are Sami Blay and Robert Thomas, who we've mentioned before. Yeah. Robert Thomas is the guy from draft day that has a bit more upside to his game. He was a late first-round pick by the Blues a couple of years ago um he was a part of a big uh run to the memorial cup with the hamilton bulldogs in the ohl uh in 2018 um he had like 30 plus points in the playoffs really became a guy that could be depended on in all situations a point per game player offensively too and um just surprised a lot of people when he made uh, the blues team right out of training camp uh, before the start of last year and uh kind of developed a solid chemistry with Tyler Bozak on the third line uh, and Craig Berube um, says that he e likes what uh, Bozak and uh, uh, Robert Thomas uh, did last year and um, it, it it looked like um, that Robert Thomas was going to get the bulk of the workload early on um, after the Tarasenko injury he was slotted on the top line but now he's on line three with Tyler Bozak at center so some nights it it could be a situation of um, matchup wise it'd be better to put Robert Thomas on the third line depending on who they're playing against uh, what style of offense that team likes to run their opponent likes to run um, and maybe other times uh, Sammy Blay is better suited in that position Sammy Blay is actually I, I I wouldn't call him a tom wilson type of player because i haven't seen too many suspect hits from sammy blay but sammy blay is a guy with a little bit of offensive upside but he also has that physical edge to his game that's why i compare him to tom wilson a little bit because tom wilson is a physical player as we all know so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of interested to see who kind of wins out in that battle, if it's Sammy Blair, or if it's Robert Thomas, um, I'm inclined to go Robert Thomas because he's got the most upside.
1: Yeah, I uh, yeah I was think,
0: gonna. Who do you who do you think is favored to win that match up there?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think Robert Thomas is more likely to it just because he has more of that upside and he was very good in uh, junior hockey if I remember correctly, or like scouts are very high on him. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, isn't, uh, I thought Robert Thomas is mostly a center. So that's where it, it gets a little tricky. If, if he does actually take that spot as the winger, I don't know if I, I don't know if like Robert Thomas versus like Robert Thomas versus, uh, Sammy blaze, who's a winger, uh, primarily or naturally. Um, I feel like that could be a, a big difference if, um, if Robert Thomas is not, like, used to being a winger, um, then that could be an issue.
0: Yeah, so uh, t- just taking a look at uh, daily Faceoff, uh, which looks at line combinations for every team, and it's updated every day, practice, games, etc. Um, I took a look at uh, the Blues line three days after the injury. It had Thomas on the right wing slot on the top line with Schwartz at left wing, and Braden Shen at center. It had Ryan O'Reilly... In uh, the second line center slot, was Sanford and Prawn on the left wings. Uh, Fabry, Bozak, and Steen were the third line. Uh, Bozak was centering line three there. Barbashev centering McEachern and sunquist on line four. So that was three days after the Tarasenko entry. That was October 27th. So we go to nine days after the entries to so six days after that lineup. And the lineup looks like this Shen centering the top line with Jaden Schwartz on the left side, Sammy Blay on the right. Sanford, Ryan O'Reilly, and Braun still together. So that line uh, didn't change from the time I checked on October 27th to the time I checked November 2nd. Thomas was right winger on line three with Bozak at center, Steen on the left wing, and McEacher and Barbashev, Sunquist as is. And they also juggled uh, the lines a bit. So it appears that Fabry and Bertuzzo are the odd skaters out as convos are kind of being altered there. Yeah. So... Um, it appears that Craig Barube at center is content with where he is because Shen at line one, O'Reilly at line two, Bozak at line three, Barbashev at line four. Those from the two lineups that I checked, those are the two consistents there. That uh, Shen is centering line one, O'Reilly line two, Bozak line three, Barbashev line four. So I don't know how long, how much longer that's going to last, but with that much depth at center, that uh, puts guys like Thomas and Steen on on, on different wing spots. Um, yeah, and it, it it does it does uh, present a good point that you made, Brett. Is Thomas better suited as a center or a winger? And I guess we'll find out shortly.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a good experiment to see how he does as a winger because you're right; he is going to be a winger here. Um, I had forgotten about Barbashev, although I did mention him briefly uh early on in this episode but uh barbashev would be another interesting option for them if they uh, wanted to uh, see what that is he is another guy who is good um in juniors and um might be uh, he, uh might need some like might be good on a um like if he's given more ice time he might be able to flourish that way so mm-hmm.
0: yeah Zach, Zach Sanford's another
1: name Sanford's well. an um, looking at
0: that uh, on a second line yeah. with Ryan O'Reilly and Perron uh, yeah that could be a that could be a huge chance for him to really show what he's got because there were times in the playoffs where he mil- really made some great plays that led to scoring chances he scored a couple of huge goals too so um, there could be upside with uh, Zach Sanford as well
1: yeah for sure um it's just uh yeah it'll be interesting um All right. I think we have to get going. It's weird that we're ending this 30 minutes in, but uh, we don't have anything else to talk about because I feel like we're just talking in circles now. Um, Yeah. So you can catch us on SoundCloud um, and iTunes and Spotify um, just by searching Lace Them Up. You're probably subscribed by that if you're listening to us. But um otherwise you, you know that's the way to do it so s- subscribe and follow us on on those platforms also uh our twitter is lace up podcast our facebook is lace em up um that's about it i'm brett duboff
0: i'm steve ellsworth we'll talk again in episode 192 of the lace em up podcast